Yeah. We're not gonna <laughs> we're not gonna let technology rain on our parade. Hello. I know. <laughs> I figured okay, well the last time uh we had an issue, Shadi and I had an issue, and so we went on my personal <laughs> IG. I don't know what's going on in the world. <laughs> Hey, that's technology for you. That's why we can't put so much faith in it. <laughs> I have to start uh, writing a telegram and, and sending it that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, nah. <laughs> that old school approach. <laughs> exactly. Well, thank you so much for taking your time out to join us in the new 360 uh, tonight. And I'm really, really excited because I know, Ian, we met and we kind of discussed uh, your entrepreneurial journey along with your book. And I have your book. It's called The Gap Year. Gap Year. And I'm really excited about it because you're helping the youth. So what better way than to, you know, groom somebody into adulthood? So I'll let you take the floor and you can uh, you elaborate further who you are and what you do and, and then we'll go straight into the questions. Okay, I definitely do that. And uh, Shawnee, I got to get you a copy as well too. So we'll, we'll work on that after this interview. <laughs> but uh, my, to everybody who's listening, my name is uh, Ian Parks. I'm a former military veteran that has a background in technology, but always had a passion for the youth. And, you know, I'm a little bit of everything. I'm a acting father, probably, uh, uncle, big brother, mentor, life coach, uh, taxi driver, <laughs> a substitute teacher. Um, I mean, you just name it. Uh, I'm, I'm all about the youth. I'm passionate about them. Um, I like to meet them where they're at. And, you know, I'm just trying to take things up a notch. And that's how the book kind of came about. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, you know myself. Uh, <laughs> and I'm going to <laughs> elaborate who I am. Uh, but, Shani, if you want to uh, tell who you are, that's that'd be good. Yes, hello, Ian. As you can blame Shani Smith. I'm a co-host of In the Know 360. I'm also a public health service officer. That's how I met Annette. We had common interests. I'm okay. a chemist on my day job, and I'm also an author. Oh, love it. Love it. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and get this show started. Uh, number one, what inspired you to start your business? Oh, you know what? All right. So do y'all remember uh, Teen Summit back in the day? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Love it. So teens have a voice too. It actually came about because I wanted to kind of bring that feel back from a, a talk show perspective, but I wanted to make it like more impactful. Um, and I would also say too, I also wanted to get the kids more involved with it as well. So what I wanted to do was hypothetically speaking, let's just say both of you guys are lawyers, right? I want what I wanted to do was I wanted to pair teenagers up or whoever wants to go into that certain profession and actually have like an on the spot interview where they can basically just pick anybody's brain and just try to uh, just learn deeper about their career, like from that perspective. And also, 
so they can just learn that person's journey as well too because you know everybody has a story and even though people might get to the same place you know you don't take the same road as everybody so that's kind of what kind of inspired that because I just saw a lack of exposure from a teenager's perspective and I just wanted to educate them more about you know different careers that they might not know about especially uh, in this world because it's so much that we don't even talk about that they don't even realize they can really get into. That's so true and they can get into stuff. <laughs> yeah 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 they can they can but a lot of times they don't know what it takes like they, they don't see all the all the dirty stuff you got to do. You know, they, they just see the ending part. So Yeah, like my son, he's always asking for Chipotle. <laughs> <laughs> I said, let's put you in a nice suit, son, so we can go get that interview done. <laughs> Love it, see? Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's, yeah, that, that's kind of how it came about, though. Just want me wanting to uh, expose a lot of teenagers to uh, different, uh, you know, different careers that are kind of like what I like to say outside the box. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And how did you come up with the name of your business and also the name of the book Gap Year? Okay, so the business came about because I wanted, that was like the name of the talk show. So the name of the talk show being Teens Have a Voice too, I just felt like that name was a lot deeper than what I originally realized. And I was like, you know what? I can kind of do something with this and, you know, take it and take it just a, a, a step deeper. And, um, you know, I picked some teenagers' brains that, you know, I was mentoring at the time and they enjoyed the name. Even asked a few folks in my circle, they enjoyed the name and, that's how the name kind of stuck. Um, so that's not only was the name of the organization, but that was also the name uh, for the talk show as well, too. And Gap Year, that title came about because, honestly, I was just curious about it. Um, and I just wanted to learn more. And I wanted to figure out, like, why teenagers are going this route or using this kind of like as a safety net. And, you know, I took gap year and I turned it into an acronym as well, too, because I know a lot of teenagers learn that way by using acronyms and stuff, you know, a.k.a. emojis and all that stuff. So <laughs> I love those emojis. <laughs> yeah. <cool>. Yeah. <laughs> so I think you told us a little bit about the history of Teens Have a Voice, too, but I was wondering um, on the book, right, I was reading and it said that there's basically you worked with the teens in 2006 and that's when you started and then you recognized that they needed goals and directions. And I know that being prior service, you had that mentality of leadership. And I was wondering, um, you know, while brainstorming about the business, did you ever think about like, and I'll probably get into the, the book later, but a pocket guide, like a roadmap for teenagers to use uh, in, you know, in case of an emergency or something that they have to figure out on their own as an adult. 
So I was wondering if you had any intentions of providing a pocket guide or some sort of guide guidance <laughs> for them. You know, I, I, I do um, from a, I guess, like, like a standard point, you know, but, you know, one thing I've came to realize is, you know, everybody's different and everybody, you know, we're not all built the same. So, and that's kind of like one of my, I'm not going to say issues with education as a whole, but, you know, education kind of keeps everybody like boxed in and, you know, it doesn't really teach you to kind of cater, you know, the lesson plan to each individual. So it, it'll be hard to kind of build just like one generic roadmap and expect everybody to be successful at it. So my approach is more of meeting uh, the teenager where they're at and try to cater that roadmap to them, like what they want to do, because you'll get more of an investment and more of a buy-in when they're involved with that process. That's and that's, yeah, and, and that's when I've seen the most success, honestly. Yeah, it's kind of like writing notes, right? When you take notes and you're writing it, you're actually mentally putting those notes in your mental. So. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> through experience. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And and then, too, you know, this is a fact. Like, everybody don't learn the same either. You know, a lot of us, you know, we can still learn that traditional way by, you know, just listening to somebody, taking notes and stuff like that. But some people, they got to touch. Some people got to move around. They might need music. They might need videos. Um, today's teenagers, more they're more visual learners now. So, yeah, it's, 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 it's kind of deep, the education thing. So... <laughs> And what are the current challenges that you have with your business? Oh, wow. Oh, how much time we got? No, 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 I'm not going to. No. So I would say, I would say, honestly, the biggest challenge is probably funding. Um, just trying to find people to support. Yeah. Uh, mainly because I don't know if it's a cultural thing or whatnot, but, you know, when you tell people about, you know, what you're doing and everything, they'll applaud it. But, you know, when you try to get them to put some dollars behind it, it's almost like, ah, nah, I don't, I don't want to do that. So it's, I think that's probably been the biggest struggle. And also just trying to keep um, a consistent group of like volunteers to kind of help out. Now I do have my go-to uh, crew that always comes through for me. Um, and I, I love them to death. And, as I continue to grow and, and blow up, they're going to reap the benefits as well, too, because um, they just they looked out for me in like so many ways. Um, but, yeah, I, I would say that's probably, yeah, Shani, that's probably the biggest is just funding. Because, you know, as we know, like kids aren't cheap. Um, but even when you're trying to do some of the stuff that I do, you, you know, there's a there's a cost with it. And, and I give you guys a great example, too. One of the things I like to do is. Say if I have a group of teenagers that, and I'm just throwing this career out there, they want to be veterinarians, right? One of the things that I would try to do so they can kind of take like a deeper dive in that career is I would look up to see if there's like any conferences or even any workshops that somebody is doing. And I try to put them in that space so they can also see that career just from a whole different uh, level and also start networking 
and also just meet people who are in different realms under that you know umbrella for that career. And honestly, when I when I've taken kids to uh, conferences, that's been very impactful. But it's also been very costly as well too, because <laughs> uh, you know a lot of times I'll be able to kind of network and try to get in touch with. Um, whoever's running the conference and I'll let them know what's going on and they'll give me a little discount, but you know, when you're taking multiple kids, that, that still adds up as well too. So yeah, that's, yeah. Cost is huge. Do you, speaking of that, do you have like a systematic approach where you apply for grants? Hmm. I, I just try to apply for any and every grant, honestly. Yeah. It's, 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 it's really no, I don't, I don't think there's really no shotgun approach to it, honestly. Mm -hmm. But there are starting to become like more opportunities because I do know uh, a lot of stuff I was doing, um, at least maybe I'm going to say like if this was like two or three years ago, I didn't see many opportunities to like apply for grants that were catering to what I was doing like I am now. Yeah, I guess it all depends on what... Uh especially what the administration wants at that particular <laughs> I was wondering the challenges, like what challenges have you faced as a black man or like minority, um, which I don't like that word. We're not really minorities. Nothing's minor about us. Uh, when you started your entrepreneurial journey, what challenges have you faced? Oh, uh, you know what? Believe it or not, just being a male in this space. That's that's been a huge challenge. And, um, you know, in the nonprofit world, there's a, it's, it's female dominated, which I understand that, too, because, you know, majority of women, you know, by nature, you guys are nurturers. So I get it. Yeah. But, you know, being a male in this space, uh, especially uh, doing youth development, um, that's that's it's, it's a huge challenge. It's a huge challenge. Uh, mainly because a lot of folks don't want to take you seriously. Mm -hmm. And also, too, being a person of color, you know, that's that's a challenge within itself. Um, and one thing I found, not saying now, because there are more opportunities and stuff, but one thing I found um, when I was getting started was there wasn't many opportunities for people of color to kind of get funded for uh you know, that key word, like you said, minority led uh, businesses and even minority led uh, nonprofit businesses. So that that was probably like the hugest challenge. And I know a lot of the big funders have, you know, it's unfortunate since the George Floyd situation. I know that's kind of opened everybody's eyes. And a lot of the big funders have definitely been more strategic in trying to get more funding to uh, people of color who's uh, leading a lot of these businesses and stuff. So that was it. What would you tell teenagers or young adults that may be experiencing the same challenges due to those racial and social disparities? I think one of the first things I would tell them is you're not going through this for no reason. And you're not going to be the last person to go through this. Um, try to embrace it. And it's, it's kind of hard when you're in the midst of going through whatever challenges you're going through, but you'll eventually come out of it as well. And there's a lot that you can learn from it. There's a lot that 
you can kind of take and just apply that as you try kind of just move forward in life. Yeah. Um, that's the biggest thing that I try to get them to realize. And everything also has a season too. Like whatever hardships you're going through, it doesn't last forever. Right. There's definitely light at the end of that tunnel, but you just got to kind of get through it. And one of the uh, scenarios I like to bring up is the weather. You know, it may rain, but eventually the sun does have to come out. Mm-hmm. So it's like if you can take that same picture and just apply it to whatever hardship you're going through, yeah. eventually you're going to get on top. Now the challenge is how do you maintain it to stay on top because mm-hmm. – we do have a lot of distractions. And, and from a teenager standpoint, they get distractions all day, every day. So um, I would say another thing I like to try to teach them, too, is how to eliminate and block all those distractions. I'm glad that you brought up distractions because the next question is, what contributions has your business provided to the community? And I wanted to add on um, what have you, you know, for the teenagers, what have you gotten them involved as far as community work, stuff like that? Wow. Um, I would say any and everything, because um, I've always volunteered a lot. That's something that I did way back when I was in the military. And honestly, long story short, that's actually how I discovered my passion for the youth as well, too, just through volunteer work. So I'm constantly telling not only parents but even teenagers that story like if it wasn't for me volunteering I wouldn't be in front of you right now I wouldn't be working with your child right now because that's how I discovered my passion so even still to this day I still have that mentality um as far as uh just volunteering so um I'm actually and I'm actually putting together like a big project for my seniors this coming year um They're going to do they're going to have a couple of options to choose from some service projects with some local nonprofits here in Raleigh, North Carolina. That's doing some amazing things. And I I can't wait. Honestly, I'm super excited about it, Um, but I don't want to give those details out. But my teenagers, they, they definitely get involved and they definitely see the need for a lot of stuff and the impact. And even if I met a child, let's say tomorrow and I just had a conversation with them and they said I don't they don't know what they want to do uh when they graduate high school one of my follow-up questions to them is all right what can you change what can you change not only in your community or what can you change in, in the world and I find when I ask that question like their mind it starts mm. they start thinking about things and then that's when they start thinking about you know I want to fix like the homelessness problem or I want to build better playgrounds in my neighborhood. Like they start getting creative when I ask them, what can you change in this world? And um, I think volunteerism is just, it's amazing. Uh, Especially if you got, you know, some great organizations and I'm not going to lie. We're where I'm at. We're blessed in the triangle because there's a lot of just organizations that's doing some amazing work out here. So there's plenty of opportunities for us. Speaking of that, plenty of opportunities. I know I lived in Raleigh for a while when I was in NC State, so yeah, I didn't really want to leave, but okay, where the job was. <laughs> okay, Wolfpack. Okay, <laughs> yeah, NC State. So, what has been your proudest accomplishment since establishing your business? 
Oh, that's a good question. Uh, actually, I probably have to say the book. Okay. And I, and I know that might be cliche to say, but um, some of my, um, I'm gonna say some of my friends that know me best, they can probably tell you a book was never in the, that was never in the picture <laughs> at all. And that was kind of like one of my pandemic projects, but I actually had a teacher plant the book seed, I want to say back in 2018. Oh. And I just released this book March of this year, and I finished it last year in September. So honestly, a, a book was just never in the cards. And I was also the type of person that I would read books, but I would never finish them. <laughs> like, like, I, I know it sounds crazy. I just feel like there was certain, certain things and certain messages I would get out of certain books, and then I'd, I'd just stop reading them. It's funny, because I do my reading like that, too. <laughs> <laughs> Just skim through the the highlights, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm, but I'm getting better though. I know I'm a work in progress, but I, I'm definitely getting better because I keep in I keep the mindset that I want somebody to finish and read my book because I feel like the way I cater my book, it really gets better at the end. Right. I think for me, I love audiobooks because you could just press play and listen to the entire thing. <laughs> You can, you can, but I, I I don't know if you feel like this. I feel like I don't retain more, huh. like when I'm listening to the audio book. I feel like I retain more when I actually have the physical book in my hand and I'm reading it. That's true. Unless you, <laughs> unless you review it. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. That's true. Or make some notes if you're making some notes or something. Yeah, I usually try to make some notes. Uh, in you know chapter one, like I'll have my notes on my iPhone and I just put jot some notes down. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm not mad at that either. <laughs> so, we you mentioned that you were you know networking and with mm -hmm. various companies, I'm sure in Raleigh. Um, and probably overseas, because I know you, you've been overseas as well. So how has networking helped you in your professional and personal goals? Oh, I, well, I would say networking actually has became like a little passion of mine because I just love meeting people and uh, just learning their story and um, just anybody, any and everybody, because I always keep the mentality that, I don't know who this person might know and yeah. this person can kind of get inspired by me and might want to connect me with somebody in their network or I might need this person as a resource because I'm always thinking about what if I meet uh, somebody that's just in maybe a career that you don't ever hear about, but I'm able to connect one of my teams with them who wants to go into that same career. So that's kind of like my mentality as, as, as far as networking, but Honestly, I probably wouldn't even be here with you guys without networking. I'm a advocate for networking. I teach my kids about networking. Like it's so important. Um, I don't. I don't even think my business would still be floating right now if it wasn't for networking. So mm -hmm. it's important. It's important because people gotta know who you are. That's true. That's yeah, yeah. And you also can't do everything by yourself too because everybody has weaknesses. Mm -hmm. So. That's uh, something else I try to, you know, pump into a lot of the teenagers that I work with in their minds because I don't want them thinking that, 
you know, for example, Jeff Bezos, he's the head of Amazon, but he didn't do that by himself. Like, he got to a certain point probably by himself, but in order for him to scale and grow as big as he did, he didn't do that by himself. He had to find people to, uh, to kind of believe in his vision and help him get to where he wanted to get to. And, of course, they're probably reaping the benefits of it, um, which was a smart bet. But, you know, that's that's how it works in, in the business world. But that's how it works in life as well, too. That's so true. Um, it looks like we have a Dr. Derry, excuse me, Dr. Daryl Glover. Uh, his question is, what digital platform is best to network on? Oh, you got got to be LinkedIn. <laughs> it, it, it got, but the sad thing about it, you know, from uh, the younger generation standpoint, their their two dominant platforms is IG and TikTok. Yeah. Um, and you know, even those platforms, they still don't know how to network on those platforms. So I'm pushing a lot of teenagers to start networking on LinkedIn. And if you're too scared to kind of like reach out to somebody or even add people, cause you know, it's a kind of like a online business platform. Mm -hmm. I said, just start adding people and just start following them and start seeing if there's uh, somebody or just people who are in some of the careers that you want to uh, go into and learn, see their story and see what they're doing. And then maybe message them, maybe a month, two months later, or maybe during the summertime right now while you got some extra time on your hand. So LinkedIn all day, every day. Yeah, my juice is flowing in my brain. I have to get with you offline about something that I've just discovered from this question. So I'll save <laughs> that for later. Something <laughs> that could probably help you. We'll see. Love it. Tell us a little bit more about your book, Gap Year, and also how our audience may purchase it. Oh, yeah. Um, so I would say, long story short, you know, like I said earlier, I had a teacher who planted that seed. And I was also curious about, you know, teenagers who were taking gap years. Mm -hmm. But on on the same token for that, I also wanted to see if people who took these gap years where they actually was it more successful for them like how did it impact them as a whole so it was really my curiosity that kind of drove everything and like i said that was like my pandemic project as well so when i put everything together um i just started writing mm -hmm. some some things that i i want teenagers to learn and the book just kind of just came out. So, like I said earlier, I turned Gap Year into an acronym. And the G stands for gratitude. A stands for, well, the first A, that stands for awareness. The P is perception. The Y is you. The E is exposure. The second A is asked. And the R is reality. And what I do is I tell little short stories on how I learned all these life concepts. But then I also dive deeper into why each concept is important. And I also got um, exercises at the end as well, too. And you can purchase the book on my website. Um, my website is afterschoolspecialnow.com. I got a link on my page where um, 
I say we specialize in gap year education. And as soon as you click that link, you can uh, order the book that way. Or people can DM me, and I'm also selling the book by hand. So anybody's in the Triangle area or North Carolina, um, near Raleigh or Durham, um, hopefully you can bump into me and just ask me about my book. And I'm sure I have a few copies on hand so I can sell them. Okay. Speaking about the book, what is your favorite mm -hmm. quote in the book? Oh, okay. All right. So I know this might be kind of cliche to say, but it changes. It, it, it changes from like week to week. Oh. So I would say my favorite quote this week from the book is, love is more about correction than affection. Mm. And I'll, and I'll say that again. Love is more about correction than affection. And I think the reason why that's one of my favorite quotes, at least for this week, is because when you think about any type of like relationships, if if that relationship, if that if that partner, whether it's a parent or a significant other or even friendship and family member, how are they? challenging you or even correcting you to be a better version of yourself because it's almost like you can't see all your flaws other people see certain things as well and notice certain things so if they're not bringing them to your attention how can you correct it at the end of the day that's true it's kind of like a double-edged sword because with uh affection because i'm mm -hmm. affectionate mom <laughs> at least i would think so um it could be an enabler as well for yeah. bad behavior or or maybe so definitely kind of struck me there i like that yeah um speaking about quotes and and all that my favorite <laughs> <laughs> i guess page is perception right? okay and it looks like you broke it down um you kind of like use the case study methodology, right? Perception is synonymous with awareness, sense, and recognition, and occurs with five stages. Stimulation, organization, evaluation, memory, and recall. And why did you pick these five stages? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I thought about how I learned perception. And then I try to kind of take myself back to my teenage years, like how would I have received this information and how could I grasp it as well, too. But I also wanted to come at it from almost like a, a science perspective as well, too, which is how I kind of came up with those. Um, and, you know, I'm just thinking about also trying to paint a picture as well, too. Um, and that's how I came up with those. That makes sense. Kind of like a football scrimmage and you're trying to visualize the tactics and what roles are positioned to play. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and you said the key word visualization. Like, I, I talk about that too. Um, I, I got workshops designed around, like, visualization, but that's mainly for my athletes, but even for you know, teenagers who are not athletes, like I talk about that all day, every day, because we underestimate that, that brain that we got, like visualization, imagination, just the power of thinking, because we're so used to 
trying to let this device do all the thinking and stuff for us. We got to put this to work as well, too. You know, we ha I had to put this to work tonight so we can get you on board here. <laughs> See? Yeah. Hey, it worked out, right? <laughs> yeah, speaking of visualization, what is mm -hmm. your vision for your business in the next five to ten years? Oh, okay. You want me fast forward a little bit. Okay. All right. So I'm going to say, all right, I, I'm going I'm to give you two answers. So originally when I started, especially with the talk show and everything, honestly, when I started, it was really probably just to have maybe like my own youth center um, and, try, and kind of do some of the stuff that I was doing around youth just under one roof and just have a place where uh, a lot of high school students and stuff can kind of come out and do their homework, just hang out and, you know, just kind of just socialize and just have a safe space for them and also just do some educational stuff with them as well, too. But now what I would say is my long, yeah, I'm going to say my five-year goal right now would be to, I'm going to actually start uh, a gap year program. Um, and I want that to be kind of like a transition between high school and college or whatever higher education that uh, some of the teens that want to get involved want to go to. But that's that's the goal now, because honestly, I feel like I stumbled on something mm -hmm. with this book. And I honestly feel there's a lot of teenagers that's affected by this than what we realize, because even if there's teenagers that do know what they want to do, mm -hmm. do they really know what that career looks like? And what are some of the reasons why they want to go into it? Is it because that's what their parents do or maybe a sibling or an aunt or uncle? Is that really what they want to do? That's true. And then this is something else we don't even talk about too. What about teenagers that, just ain't ready for college. I'm talking about from a maturity standpoint. Mm -hmm. Like We don't even think about that, but a lot of them are still getting pushed into college and then they might end up not necessarily getting kicked out, but they might end up dropping out because, you know, maybe they're not going to their classes or maybe they just want to work a job and just do that. And they just tired of the school aspect. Yeah, that's true. So, whatever, whatever, you know, I think whatever a, a teenager wants to do, I'm trying, I'm, I'm basically get, trying to give my son options, but at the end of the day, he has to be happy with his choice. And I don't want to force him to do anything that he doesn't want to do. And it's difficult because it's like, I'm dealing with him. He'll be a senior this coming year. Okay. It's difficult to kind of like not hold his hand. And let him yeah. spread his wings, right? But you don't want yeah. to fall. So I have like a somewhat of a safety net, and I'll ask him, well, "What do you think?" Don't come to me for answers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Real life situations. So I, yeah, I'm trying to back off and and see how he progresses. But but you're right. I mean, if I would have known of higher education. Although I probably would have done a lot of things differently. I would have taken mm -hmm. the time and, and deciding 
what school do I really want to, what profession. I'm still trying to decide what I want to do for a while. It doesn't end on the teenage level. I think as we mature. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. We're still have different phases in life. And like we were talking Ian, uh, earlier, I think adults need it. Adults yeah. still, like have a, some type of guidance too because we're just put in this adulthood without any guidance. <laughs> No, nah, there is. There is. And there's also there's a lot of studies out there, too, that's had that said that taking a gap year is very successful mm -hmm. for um, I would just say the young adults or, or teenagers who are kind of proactive when they do this gap year thing. Um, and one thing I'm discovering, even where I live at, that there's some colleges that even got some uh, gap year programs and stuff as well. So. It's a lot of like layers to it, right. and honestly, I really feel like it's go it's going to grow because there's just so much things that's happening, and there's so many careers that's developing as well too. And also, um, we don't even talk about like some of the big companies who are having like certification programs like in house that are willing to take you know high school students as soon as they graduate. You might training with them for like anywhere between like three to six months but as soon as you finish that training program you get that certificate and you get a guaranteed job working for this uh big corporation so yeah yeah there's a lot of free information out there i know there's this uh, one platform called coursera which has mm -hmm. it it has like different Ivy League schools and the instructors um, have like a pre-recorded video for their class. So you can, you know, watch those videos for free. And then also like, uh, for instance, Centers for Disease Control, CDC has free courses that you can go on and take. Health and Human Resource, excuse me, Health and Human Services has that as well. So there's like university, like a library university and like agency where you can go to in these portals and take free courses. Yeah. Oh, and, and we're in the information era too. Like there's a lot of people putting out a lot of free information. <laughs> I, I, I call YouTube, YouTube university for, for a reason. Like there's a, there's a lot of information. I mean, it's not just YouTube, but of course that's the biggest platform that has a lot of information on it. There's this thing in uh, this guy, he created it. It's called Khan Academy. I don't know if you've heard of it, K-H-A-N Academy. And you can learn teenagers, uh, it was very fruitful for uh, the youth and, and adults as well, where they have like preparation for SATs, for chemistry class, whatever course you want to know more in depth about. There's instructors that actually teach these different courses for free on YouTube, but it's, it's called Khan Academy. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. I'll definitely make a note of that. Oh, and there's a, I can't think of the name of it. There's actually a gap year program I had stumbled upon. I think it's in, I think they're out of Georgia. I can't, I want to say Savannah so bad, but I don't think it was Savannah. But I was reading kind of like how they kind of do like their curriculum or whatnot. And they do, they do some amazing things. It's like, it's a year program. But one of the key things that they do is they teach a in-house job skill. I believe it's coding. Mm -hmm. And then they also teach uh, their um, kids, they teach them entrepreneurship. And then they take 
these uh, uh, the teenagers that are with them, they take them on a service project overseas, and then they just do a service project at some of these um, some of these countries and, and help out there, and that's kind of like their gap year program, and that's how it's structured. Oh wow, that's that's wonderful. Yeah, we need to provide the information, uh, but I'll get with you offline to to get the information so we can send it out to folks. And then also, we this is not our last discussion. So when you start that gap year program, we want to get back with you and see how things are going. Oh, I would love to. I would love to. Um, yeah, I, I'll, I'll try to maybe see if I can get one of one of the students on for that too. Yeah, it looks like Instagram might be shutting us down soon. So I just want, Shani, do you have any words? Ian, I appreciate you coming and speaking to us about your company and also your book, The Gap Year. And I know that we're going to hear tremendous things in the future, the near future, because you're impacting, I can already tell you're impacting so many different teenagers' lives. Thank you. You're inspiring the adults to really get off their behinds and help the youth because, as you know, the cliche goes, they're our future. Right. They are. They are. And and we also got to bridge that information gap, too, because, you know, from being just the older generation, how can you just teach them about a lot of things that you learn, mm -hmm. but also get them to kind of tweak it so it can fit them so they can understand it and they can be better versions of themselves as well too. Um, because at the end of the day, I say, I say this all the time to the young ones, I say, you guys got the energy and the older folks got the wisdom. Mm -hmm. So when you merge that together, you can have an unstoppable force because what older people are masters of, they're masters of things that don't change. You guys are masters of things that do rapidly change. It's true. So when you bridge that gap, unstoppable force. But I, I definitely enjoyed it. I enjoyed you guys, and I, I can't wait to uh, follow up with you guys and let you guys know how this uh, gap year program that I'm doing is uh, coming coming out to be because I'm, I'm super excited about it. And it's going to be based off of my book and I just can't wait to see the outcomes and the change, honestly, because, you know, like I said earlier, I do feel like this is more impactful than what we realize. Mm -hmm. And I can see a lot more of the younger generation going towards this way, especially as prices are going up, too, because yeah. I'm pretty sure mm -hmm. tuition prices is going up as well, too. <laughs> Gas prices just went up today, so <laughs> in the DMV. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my goodness, but I really appreciate it. Uh, in the know 360 appreciates you coming on here and we will discuss further uh, the new items that you're going to work on, which is the gap year program. And I have other stuff that I want to discuss offline. I'm really excited about it. Okay, and listen, if your son needs me, hey, I'm phone call away. Sounds good. All right, everyone, we're going to list uh, how to get the Gap Year book and uh, also Mr. Ian Park's information. All right. Well, thank you and have a wonderful, happy 4th of July. Thank you for your service, sir. <laughs> <laughs>
too. <laughs> Y'all enjoy. Thank you.